I did not listen to our last episode because I'm terrified of how rambly and horrible it I might did. sound. I I listened to it and I did not like how I'm 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 going to be trying to make an effort to not be like as yelly negative. I'm still going to be negative, but I'm not going to be as <laughs> yelly about it. I mean, there's things I like this time though, so Yeah. No, I meant our last Zio episode, not our last Kiva episode. I oh. did listen to our last Kiva episode. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Journey Through the DecaCast, a Kamen Rider retrospective through the lens of Decade, where I am Shen Garrett. I'm Evan. And I'm Chris. And this week we're talking about my new favorite vampire thing. Garrett, how are you enjoying Code Vein? Oh, Code Vein is really good. Um, I, I have beat the video game once. I only have to beat it three more times. Wait, why three more times? Because there's four endings. Oh, fuck. Right. Wait, there's four? I thought that... Yes, that's correct. So at this point, Fletch has edited all of this out, and we're actually here to talk about Kamen Rider Kiva episode. I thought that was a pretty funny joke, honestly. I mean, uh... well, I mean, I like. I'm sure like the beginning of the joke is there, and the end of the joke <laughs> is there. I just can't speak for all of the middle. Kamen Rider. Okay, well, let's Kiva. talk about my favorite crystalline-related thing. Have you guys watched the reboot of the Dark Crystal yet? That's pretty good too. No. It's really good. You should watch it. I have heard that is good from multiple people now. <laughs> but what about your favorite vampire crystalid thing? The frog Fangire is pretty good. But yeah, uh, Kiva is is, uh, is pretty good this week. I really like these episodes. Yeah, it's, you know, save for the stuff that has been terrible about Kiva every single episode. It's pretty good. I mean, Nako is the fucking worst in them, but he gets beat up and ends the sequence of episodes crawling face down in a puddle and whining about how much he sucks, so that made me feel Yeah, that was pretty nice. I I was pretty happy with that. It's too bad he doesn't stay there. (laughs) (sighs) If only. So anyway, we watched episodes 9 through 12. Yeah, it's fun set. Uh, yes. Starting with episode nine, Symphony, Ixa Fist On, which uh, I have laughed every time they have said Fist On yet. Yeah, it's not stopped being childish enough to to think ev- that's funny. Still. Every time I see it, it's like mm, it's a big rubber fist. Yeah. <laughs> it is. You have to you have to like press the fist against your hand. And then you stick the fist into the other fist? Yeah, you, you have to fist yourself to become Ixa. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm glad I was not uniquely immature about this one. No, we're all children. That's true. <laughs> so, start off. Uh, past part of episode nine. Uh, it starts off with um, Jiro becoming an official member of the wonderful Azora organization because he's saved Yuri's life multiple times and they they possibly have a thing going now 
Yeah, they they may or may not totally have a relationship thing, weirdo. With yeah, I thought that uh, in the previous episodes, I thought that she was playing him or something. But these definitely made me think that she was genuinely attracted. Oh yeah, no, it's it it felt very genuine to me in the sense of bad romantic writing. Right. <laughs> I, that was definitely what was supposed. It was supposed to be like genuine romantic attraction. Yeah. Yeah, it's for no reason other than the fact that oh. You're such a man. I mean, he is pretty sexy. He is. Like, I don't blame her, but it's just bad writing. <laughs> he's, he's literally a secret ancient wolf man. He's mm-hmm. such a dog. He is. <laughs> and I I do kind of... Yuri is, like, being purposefully coy and playful. Shima is asking her, like, oh, man, you're... When they're inviting Jiro to the organization, Shima is... She, she's being... Her her way of speech is much more feminine than it's been before. And She's being, like, cutesy and awkward in a way that she doesn't ever do before this. Shima, Shima uh, is like, wait, what, what are you doing? <laughs> Why are you being so weird? And she's just like, oh, stop it! And, like, slaps him playfully. Do you know who else is also the worst that isn't Nago? Shima. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've... I was really surprised at like, oh, they really turned around on. I I don't really like Shima anymore. He, he's he just seemed mysterious up until now, but now I think he's kind of an asshole. He he's just making bad decisions. Yeah, yeah, it's not great. Atoya shows back up. Oh, and they they uh yeah, this is where they start one of my like I really like this running bit between Atoya and the owner of cafe the maid cafe. Uh, where he's just now incredibly petty and just very snide and rude to him all the time. That is very good. He doesn't. He didn't like his coffee, so he's just like, "I hate you, and I'm going to make your life miserable." You now. passed out after drinking my coffee. This means you're terrible. Get out of here. You're banned. <laughs> also, it, to add on to the maid cafe lore, the uh, owner is apparently a super huge K-pop fan, or yeah, not K- J-pop. That's... Sorry. It's very oh strange. yeah, yeah. He knows like every J-pop artist when they come on the radio. Or no, I I think it's like one group, and he can he can know which member it is. Oh yeah. okay, okay. Yeah, I didn't get that specific in listening to it. it so, it's it's very AKB. It's or very fun. It, it is. This entire section, like everyone is shitting on Atoya. <laughs> I almost wanted to keep a counter of how many times Atoya got knocked out this set of episodes because it's, it's a large good. amount. I'm also kind of surprised that Yuri hits him so hard. She, like, knocks him up into the air so that he smacks his head on one of the beams in the ceiling. Yeah, that would probably give you a serious concussion. Yeah. Also, how is Yuri that strong? Like, the... Uh, I I think also in the sequence, isn't this when there's the bit of dialogue where uh, Shima says... You know, when we finish the Ixa system, we can probably uh, beat the the Fangires for real. So uh, I, I think he says that somewhere in here. He does say that somewhere in there. Uh, so, like, that kind of confirms the humans don't really stand a chance against Fangires, like, unless they have a writer system. It's just not going to happen. Don't, I don't think that's just yet, because first we get to see back in the past, the Fangire killing in the past or at least implying there's a woman playing a black vi- a black painted violin called the black star and then there there's a guy that creeps up on her and kills her yeah. then it talks then we're to- going in about the Iksha system cuz it goes back 
where Atoya has come back to the maid cafe and is just messing with owner and not leaving. He's like, oh yes, but the dog likes me. Yeah, the dog likes him and the owner's just like, hey, oh, um, he just is mad at the dog now for being nice to Atoya. It's funny. It's good. Good stuff. Uh, what wasn't wasn't David Bowie's last album called Black Star? By the way, yes, it Am was. I remembering that right? It was we- indeed. Weird, time breaking com- com- synchronicity there. Yeah, I mean, not really synchronicity, just weird coincidence. The Shima basically gives Atoya just enough information for Atoya to go run off by himself, and then uh, Yuri and Jiro are like, "Wait, why?" Why are you telling Atoya anything? <laughs> I mean, to be fair, this is like specifically honed into his like one talent set that he has. That's which true. is violin. <laughs> yeah. Yes, and then they bring up the fact that hey, once Iksha is done, we'll be able to completely defeat the Fangire. Right, right. And Yuri is immediately like, "Hey, yo, hey, hey, yo. Uh, Let me get in that Iksha." Dibs on Ixa. That's, that, that was my mom's thing, so dibs on Ixa. She They don't reveal it yet, but she has a whole tragic backstory about it. Which, great. It's a bit interesting, but it, it's a little weird that it happens the way it does. Because it, it, it changes... It has some implications for, like... It, it's di- The way that victims of the fangire attack die in her black in her uh memory are different than the way they've died before just like slightly it was it which part exactly uh because it looked about the same like they still turn transparent yes but it's before they turn transparent as soon as they'd been drained there was nothing draining her she was just like oh uh, yeah, in her uh, sepia flashback, there's bleh. just a bunch of people, like, standing around catatonic that, like, they don't appear to have any... They, they haven't been... They they still have all their color. They haven't been physically damaged at all. They're just dead. I assume narrative convenience. Yeah, yeah that's mean, what probably. I'm assuming. <laughs> I'm assuming it's narrative convenience because her mom doesn't lose her uh, coloring up until the perfect dramatic moment when Yuri is about to reach out to her. Which is a genuinely effective dramatic. Yeah, it's it's yeah. a genuinely effective dramatic, but it just made it me does think break of the rules. Yes. Wait a minute, this this is not how it's happened before. So after they introduce the when they introduce the Black Star thing, they're like, okay, obviously a Fangire is attacking the, everybody who buys this violin. So it's hey, just, like it's pretty obvious. Let's go no to this masquerade here. auction and buy the Black Star. Yeah, surely nothing will go wrong. <laughs> So they they get a couple bids in, and Yuri puts in a bid for three million, and then a mysterious man uh, in a tengu million, mask. Third, oh, thirty million, not three yeah. million. Yes, thirty million, and then a mysterious man in a tengu mask comes in and starts. Don't, don't bidding. try to play that this is mysterious. <laughs> I I do love the like. It's so immediately obvious that it's a Toya, even though. Just his body language conveys so much that Toya has showed up to ruin their secret plan. <laughs> yeah. I, and I, it's great. I was really cracking up during this scene. I thought it was really, like, one of Otoya's funniest scenes. Yet. It's good. But uh, Otoya and Yuri get into a bidding war. And Otoya's just being a shit where he's like, 
he's like doing the playful ways to increase his bid. Like he'll sit down and starts playing music at the piano or like throwing his hat around. It's very silly. Uh, I forget. He starts playing the notes of a, a famous. The piece in question is Beethoven's Fifth Symphony in C minor. And many thanks to my wives for helping with it. <laughs> He plays he plays like another note every time he wants to increase his bid. Yeah, it's very and they fun. get the bid up to two hundred million. <laughs> then Yuri calls Shima and is like, "Dude, dude, Otoya is here and he's fucking everything up." <laughs> and it cuts back to Otoya and he's like waving his arms around. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he's doing that thing from Arrested Development where he's like acting like a chicken, but he doesn't know what a chicken is. Yeah. So Jiro does a Vulcan nerve pinch, knocks out a Toya, and Yuri wins the Black Star with 201, 200 million and, and one. one yen. Which is very good. Yes. And I'm just like, uh, guys, why didn't you just let a Toya win the auction and save yourself some money? <laughs> like, it's not like you couldn't keep track of him. Yeah. Because they're they're all oddly petty with each other. It's very weird. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. It's their so dynamic. Yuri, Yuri just doesn't like him. She thinks so, he's yeah. which she does, so you know. Yuri and Jiro are walking around and Yuri's explaining to Jiro, like, no, I gotta get the Ixa system, yo. I gotta do it. Alright, I'm gonna play this violin now. And <laughs> Jiro is in like all black leather in these scenes, by the way. It's good. It's uh he looks very, very roguishly sexy. He's he's in his dress leather. Yeah, with his <laughs> right. silk shirt. But uh, she pulls out the violin and is like going to start playing and they're doing the cutesy flirty. Oh, so you can play? <laughs> yeah, I can play. And She's then awful. it is the worst. <laughs> She's like got the bow of the violin like pushed really, really hard on the violin strings and it's just like... It's very good. Yeah, th they show uh, Jiro's eyes like do like a crazy flutter, and I'm like, oh, so like the Black Star hurts Fangires whenever it's played? No, <laughs> no. she she just sucks at this. She's just She's... that bad. <laughs> and then it cuts, and Jiro is now sitting very, very far away from her, and it's just like physically hurting Atoya. Yeah, <laughs> Atoya shows up. He's like, dude, stop. No, he says, I can hear that violin screams. He, he just keeps playing, dodges out of the way of Atoya so that Jiro can punch him out, and then they leave. More or less. It's very strange. So then uh, Yuri goes to a dock pier to keep playing the violin to summon the Fangire, and Atoya shows up. So there's dead fish there. Are we to imply that she killed the fish with the power yes. of music? Okay. Like, I, oh, wait. I guess. What scene is this? I don't remember so this. When she's playing the violin on the pier, there's a shot of the water, and there's just like dead fish floating in the water. And it's seeming to apply that she's playing the violin <laughs> so badly, she's killing the fish. You're right. I totally missed that. <laughs> it's very good. Or she's at least just stunned them. No, they're they're dead. But uh, Otoya has shown up and is like, hey, no, this is terrible. Stop. And she's like, no, no, I'm not going to stop. And then the Fangire shows up. He's like, hey, you're terrible. 
give me my violin back. You're f- no. <laughs> Stop it. And uh it's not like super obvious, but um if you're not if you're paying attention, you you will know this Fangire from because ha- they introduced him in the future segments. Yeah. He's also earlier. like in the background in the auction and other places. Right, he's been around in the episode. Yep. But uh he attacks Yuri and Atoya. Uh, Atoya gets knocked into the water, and Yuri kind of does some combo attacks. He tries to attack Yuri, and then Jiro runs up, and they do some sweet combo attacks and drive off the frog Fangire. Yeah. I really like this guy. Uh, this guy's design, actually. I think it looks really cool. Yeah. He's really neat. He's one of my favorite, like, Fangire designs. Duh. Agree. He runs off, and Jiro chases him, and then... In view of Otoya, transforms and drives off the frog Fangire. Yeah. So Otoya is like, now aware. Uh, did, did Yuri just not follow them the hundred feet or so they ran? <laughs> no, be- she got hit just as hard, but because she's a woman, it takes her more time to recover. I don't think... She's not even knocked down, is she? No, she I, is. I think... Yeah, I think she's knocked down, but... Oh, okay. You know, okay. narrative reason... After the, after the super cool dual attack, the frog ban retaliates with his explosive balls. It, it's just narrative convenience that she does not see Atoya transform, or uh, Jiro, Jiro transform, but Atoya does. Yeah. And then Jiro has a conversation with the other two uh, Kiva transformation weapon people uh, back right. in the past. Yeah, this is an interesting reveal. They're like, hey, so why are you, why are you coordinating with the humans? They're food. And Jiro reveals, no, my race, just like yours, was destroyed by the Fangires. So to get revenge on the Fangire, I'm going to work with the humans. And they're both, and, uh, the sea boy? I don't, I forget what Fangire, or forget what animal type he is, but the, the, Uh, the gun. The gun one. The gun gun one is like, oh yeah, no, that makes sense. And then the third one, who we haven't seen yet, is just... He doesn't seem to agree all yet that much. He's uh, he's extremely boy band looking. He like Very angry agrees. So. Oh, yeah. I wonder if that's gonna play into the rock the rock stuff. Oh yeah, maybe. He's <gasps> look like that'd be good. He might be. They sh- if they play against him in a battle of the bands, that would be great. Ooh, that'd be good. All right, but yeah, that's the past part. It ends with uh. Well, I feel like introducing this element is like. It felt super JoJo-y to me. There's like there's several races of ancient monster people yeah, that, a are, bit. that are that um, are fighting. But and yeah, like these couple guys are the last survivors of their races because one of them wiped them all out pretty yep. much. Right, and then they all end up helping Kiva in the future. Yep. Yeah, they That's all good. end up helping Kiva, and apparently humanity plays into this just by being like livestock or something. Yeah. And Ixa. Oh, God. Um, so, uh, so in 2008, um, Watsuru is burning violins. Because he keeps messing up, making he, violins. Yeah, he's just not satisfied with anything he makes. Um, he seems genuinely depressed about it. I'm like, aw, poor boy. Yeah, I think it's getting to the part that he's made so many, and like, it's... I don't know. And I'll, actually, you know what? I'm going to blame Nago for this. Why not? I, well, that's probably fair. It is probably Nago's fault to a degree. 
I mean, Watero just feels like stuck in the mud and spoilers, um, the frog fan guy says like the per- perfect like generic like advice stuff to Watero that he needs to hear. Right. Because uh, the guy who is int- who is later revealed to be the frog fan guy or um, Wataru's mom bring- uh, brings her- this guy to meet Wataru and it's like, yeah, this Omura-san. guy is a professional. Yeah, Marissa. They say he's a professional violin restorer. Very skilled, very famous. Uh, he's gonna perk you up. <gasps> at least that's what she assumes he's gonna do. Yeah, it's she's like, here, look at this violin that uh, Wataru was about to burn. Isn't, Isn't it this great? good? And he just kind of looks at it and then walks over and tosses it in the fire. <laughs> like he's like, no, burn this. <laughs> like, damn, man, <laughs> that's harsh. Shizuka tries to stop, and even Wataru is like, no, no, he's doing the right thing. This is correct. And it was very much, you know, I, and what Taro brings up is like, you know, I know you're amazing, but I want to make this violin by myself. I don't want to rely on anyone else, which is a nice sentiment, but. Eh. Right, right. Yeah. He originally is like, I want to, you know, find my own way, uh, which is uh, and the guy's like, hey, if that's what you want to do, then I'm happy for you. I hope that works out. While I'm here, can I can I hear some Bloody Rose? Can I seize that violin that your dad made, please? I I'm I'm jonesing for some bloody rose. Yeah, and it's it's interesting because we don't know it yet. Omura has been in the building before, and when he first comes in, he just kind of closes his eyes and luxuriates in being in the building. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There's there. Um. As soon as he walks in, they do like uh. It's like a a soft like fade fan around the rooms. And it, it's soft string plucking in the background, like he's remembering music that he heard in this place. Yeah. And when Wataru brings out the Bloody Rose for him to look at, he it's very obvious that he recognizes the violin. And he's smiling and handling it with superior care. And then, is, and then tells Wataru, don't make anything like this. No, you need to make your own thing that only you can make. And apparently that's enough for Wataru to go like... Hey, actually, can you teach me how to make violins? Uh, yeah. I thought this was kind of sweet, just because I think that's what Wataru's dad would have told him, if he'd ever met him. Probably. Because, yeah. like, uh, Otoya is, like, a super, like, into individuality sort of person. Like, he likes free expression and things, so. Yep. That's uh, probably what we <laughs> the advice he would have given Wataru, so. As we're gonna find out, like, um, this guy had a close relationship with wataru's father so it's really sweet to like see wataru like finally get a little bit of the positive legacy of his dad's life entering his life yeah it's very nice to see the next little bit is uh megumi going to shima and going like hey hey can we like can we like rotate who who uses the ixa system i too want to ixa because my grandma made this, and then my mom wanted to use it, and I want to, I want to fulfill my mom's, yeah. you know, her legacy by using the Ixa system. Oh, you can't use the Ixa system because I'm so great. Shut the fuck up, Nago. Yeah, nobody she, was talking to you. Nago comes like, out of nowhere. A very, a very personally appealing thing of like I'm trying to connect with like my family history, and also it will help protect people. Uh, and also Nago is a fucking dick. So yeah, you know. Nago just comes out of nowhere, going nah, 
nah, you're not as good as me and you suck, so you can't use Ixa. He literally said, uh, and when she asks, why can't I use it? Nago literally walks in and says, because I am obviously superior. Spoilers, he's not. No, he's not. <laughs> and Shima, and Shima's just like, oh, Nago's using it, you know, you can't Shima use it. Shima doesn't say anything. Yeah, he, he doesn't specifically say anything, but I'm just sitting here like, what in the fucking world makes this guy think it is okay for Nago to have this power? Now, see, there's a part of me that's going, that I don't, does, do, we learn later that using Iksha, at least in the past, has like a severe drain on the person that's using it. Oh that's, man. That's proto Iksha. Ever, uh, I will forgive everything if this is Shima's plan to fucking kill Nago. <laughs> <laughs> man, I... That would be such a turn, but I, I feel like that doesn't happen. <laughs> that will probably not happen, but that would be a really great twist. I also yeah, feel like... Not. Man, this guy is so obnoxious. Let's just let him use Ixa until he fucking dies. I also feel like in 20-whatever years, they probably figured out that flaw. Probably. Yeah, probably. It ends with Nago implying that Ixa itself chooses who allows to use it. Yeah, and okay, And if she sure. has a problem with it, he needs she needs to take it up with Ixa. We'll give her the belt so she can take it up with Ixa. Yeah, let her fucking try it. So we go back to Wataru, who is now getting violin making lessons. Nago also bizarrely brags about having a better heart, a higher heart rate than her. And I'm like, um, that's bad, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> she got some hypertension issues, my butt, my dude. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah, so Wataru is having a violin making session. Magu- er, Shizuka is trying to bring up tea. She's having she a real start- rough time with this tea bringing Yeah, up. for some... <laughs> like, Shizuka is oddly... Like, For clumsy. this one scene, for yeah, no Shizuka reason. turns into the most, like, hilariously anime protagonist clumsy girl on the planet. It's nuts. Like, she has shown no indication of being this clumsy before. It's It very much feels like it's just used to show that... When she trips and smashes the tea set, the uh, Omura-san starts cringing and is like holding his head in pain. And right, then she right. knocks over uh, some metal, like a little she metal cart. A, she grabs a towel off a dish rack and knocks over all the dishes too. And Omura like collapses to his knees, writhing in pain, and then runs off and is like, no, we have to end for today, bye. It, it's weird because, like, she could just normally accidentally drop a tea glass. Like, she, didn't, they didn't have to yeah. portray it. Like, she's just like like had a stroke for a minute there. Or yeah, it, she's so oddly. It's very weird. It is, but like we yeah. we have to Strange show choice. that he's sensitive to music because he's yeah, the frontman guy. Yeah, yeah. He's got to go attack a rock band. Oh. Yeah. So, yeah, next is we get to see more Umura showing Wataru different violin making stuff. So this implies, this makes me think, like, did Wata- is Wataru self-taught in making I violins? I don't know. Undetermined. Uh, maybe he's like, just showing him different ways to do the techniques he normally uses, or yeah, maybe yeah. he literally doesn't have any formal training. Maybe. Uh, Wataru is asking him, "Is like, hey, actually, you're you're very good at this. Did you used to make? Or did you ever make violins?" And the guy, o- Omura, is like, "Yeah, no, I used to." 
I don't anymore. Uh, then it cuts to Megumi and Nago at a at the restaurant that she eats a lot of food at. Oh, yeah, yeah Megumi And she's to trying bribe to bribe him with food to let him try Ixa. And for some reason, I don't, I don't get it. Like, the food gets set down in front of him, and it looks like he's getting really unsettled by it. He just feels, like, super uncomfortable with, like, the chairs and stuff and... Yeah, he acts like this is he's the just... most uncomfortable situation ever. Like he, it's very, very weird. Is this uh like a Chekhov's gun for later? It's gonna be revealed that Ix's secret weakness is claustrophobia or something. Yeah, it's weird. I don't. I don't get it. I, I mean, Nago's a weirdo. Yeah, he's an yeah. unlikable ass weirdo. So whatever. Um, but yeah, uh, Megumi's taking a giant bite of of Tim shrimp tempura, and then uh, Nago just leaves, and she's like, "Ah, oh, I have to follow him, but delicious shrimp tempura." Yeah, he saw he saw Omura walk by, and went after him because I guess Omura has warrants out for his arrest for a bounty hunter. I mean, he does attack people occasionally, yeah. so not terribly surprising. Yeah, he has a history of of like assaults. Cause... But more importantly, that shrimp tempura looks so good. I'm, yeah, I'm hungry. But uh, so then Omura is out listening to some classical music, and for some reason, he decided to stop right by where he obviously saw some people setting up for a concert. Unless he's been standing there for long enough with his eyes closed that they just set it up in front of him. Yeah, he's got like a little Walkman. It's got those old uh, like plush earmuffs that are pretty yeah. like not. They don't really do any noise canceling. They're pretty small. Yeah, it's it, this scene's actually kind of funny because it just looks like he's like rock music. No. Which is weird, because, like, it's 2008. He could just have, like, decent headphones. Yeah, or, you know, just walk off. I, I was definitely thinking about that. Like, I like this episode of the next episode, but part of me was like, they could solve this problem by just getting him some nicer headphones. Yeah, they don't. Well, I mean, it would also require, like, Nago to not be an asshole, so... Well, that ain't gonna happen. Yeah, no. But, uh... So Nago basically stops him from attacking this rock band because he had run up and started smack, punched out the lead singer and then grabbed his guitar and was trying smacking it on the ground. But uh, Nago tries to stop him. Frogman starts attacking Nago and then Nago takes out this little punch glove that blows away the frogman. And we get a transformation into Isha. Oh, wait a minute. I thought Kiva showed up first. Yeah, Kiva does show up first. It's Okay. Kiva shows up, he goes into gun form to fight Wolf to not fight Wolf, to fight Frogfangire's gun. Frogfangire has a gun and a sword. He's clearly OP. It's very yeah. good. And he he has two ranged attacks cuz he his like little his little bulbs will shoot lasers at people and mm -hmm. also he has a gun. But uh yeah, so they fight and they're doing shooting and gunning, but uh, Wataru is not able to do a final hit because... Well, he doesn't want to, because he knocks the frog guy back into his human form. And he's like, oh no, Omura. But he's like, oh, it's Omura. He turns back into Wataru, and they're like, clearly gonna like, 
have a discussion about what's going on here. And then Nago comes up and ruins everything. Yeah, Yeah. fucking Nago. Because Omura runs off and then collapses and then Nago shows up and it's like, oh, I'm evil. Here's my belt. Uh, Let me fist on so I can... Let let me fist myself. So I can ruin everything. And then he transforms into Ixa and then it opens up into uh, Ixa uh, burst form, which is where the eye things happens and the light. I don't. So I kind of wanted to get uh, Garrett's opinion on this a little bit. Uh, Ixa looks a lot more like a Sentai character than yeah, a I said the exact same thing. Evan did say the exact same thing. Um, Ixa is designed like a Sentai instead of a rider. I mean, he looks like the White Ranger from kind of more yeah. Power Rangers to me. So I mean, I I thought Ixa looks like Paladin text. Okay, yeah, I can see that. Definitely, I just. I really like. I don't Ixa like design, his design though. that much. It looks really I, I, cool. Yeah, I think the Ixa is actually a pretty cool writer system in general. I do like it. Uh, I just hate Nago because he's the worst. But, yeah, same. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty cool writer system. Uh, I feel like the, what makes it seem so Sentai to me instead of Common Rider is like Common Rider characters typically have like it. It feels like a fusion between like human and some something unhuman like usually an animal or something and sentai characters are like an exaggerated version of of like a of like a job basically like they're super ninjas or super knights or super cops or whatever you know and this feels like a super knight to me instead of like a fusion between a human and like a supernatural force that makes sense i don't know ixa is weird it, just... It's also an acronym. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It does I forget what it stands for? Intercept X attacker. So I guess intercept cross attacker because that's how you pronounce yeah. X. Right. Right. Cross. But yeah, that's episode nine. It ends with uh, Ixa stalking towards the frog fangar. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, the frog fangar whips out a sword and is like tries to hit Ixa, and he like grabs the blade and just tosses yeah. it aside. The Ixa system is clearly very powerful. Ish. Yeah. Doesn't stand a can- it doesn't hold a candle to r- Kiva, though. Right, well, I mean, yeah. Kiva's, Kiva's fucking awesome. Kind of, but... it's it's hilarious how badly it doesn't stand a chance against Kiva. Yeah, I definitely get the feeling that if Wataru, like, actually turned the force of Kiva on this thing, that it would probably break it pretty quickly. Yeah, fairly easily. Uh, so next we have episode 10, Saber Dance, Glassy Medley. Medley? What the fuck? Melody. Melody. Oh, I uh, I liked the trivia at the beginning, uh, Kavat's trivia at the beginning of this episode. He says that uh, a big part of what makes a violin valuable is the varnish, not just because it makes it look more appealing, it also is a big part of what makes the sound can uh, convey properly. I was like, yep. oh. Well, that explains a lot about earlier on when Wataru was so worried about getting the proper varnish. It's a nice yep, little bit of trivia. Yep, definitely. All right, so back in the past, um, Atoya is revealing to Yuri, hey, so that Jiro dude, I saw him turn into a monster. He's Isn't a wolf, yo. And she, of course, doesn't believe him. I mean, I wouldn't, but, you know. Yeah, I wouldn't either. <laughs> I mean, but, like, there's Fangire, like... Right, but Toya is an extremely sketchy person. 
and has also been like having a rivalry with this guy. He he is. But has he actively got... lied? No, no, he Good hasn't. Point. Good point. He he doesn't. I mean, uh, unless you presume that his thing about like being able to hear people's music and stuff is a lie, but no, I don't I think, think it actually valid. is. I'm not saying I think it is, but I want some omelet rice now. That it looks. He's eating omelet rice, and it looks delicious. <laughs> it does. Oh God, yeah, I love that he he's eating this great looking plate of omelet rice. Walks over to the bar owner and is like, "Hey, do you have any ketchup?" Guy holds a ketchup, fucking chosses it across the room. Yeah, it it's uh, it's hard to convey just how like extremely pedally the guy treats Atoya at this point. They're gonna become best friends. I'll tell you what. Yeah, that will be a funny a fun. But, uh, Yuri blatantly does not believe him, uh, and then Jiro shows back up, and Atoya is holds up two spoons, is like, "Oh, you monster! You best not eat me, cause I taste terrible." <laughs> uh, yeah, and Jiro responds by squirting ketchup all over his face. Yep, mm-hmm. it's very good. Yes, and then uh, Jiro and owner become friends over J-pop. Yep, they're they're a huge fan of member thirty three. And it, this uh, uh, owner is like, yep, no, that settles it. Anyone who likes these can't be a monster. Yeah, okay. okay. Because clearly commentary about idol fans being monsters go here? I guess. I don't, <laughs> I don't think that's what they're going for. I mean, we do know that, like, Jiro has actually murdered people. Yeah. Like, yes, murdered innocent he people. Like, he's on the good guy's side in the future, but he's not a good guy yet. Yeah. Nope. Uh, next scene is Yuri walking around with the Black Star and then gets accosted by the Frog Fang guy again, who's like, no, give me back Black Star. Yeah. He's going to he's gonna try and take it from her and attack her, and then a toy runs out of nowhere and gets, his, gets himself punched in the gut and thrown down the stairs into Yuri. As per normal. Yep. Though this might actually be his plan this time. Yeah. It, it, yeah. No, it is his plan this time, because he, he switcheroos... With the Black Star. Right. Yeah, now yeah, he's got the well, Black Yuri... Star, and they have a violin case full of random toys. Yeah, it's Yuri and the Frog Fangire fight for a little while until Jiro shows up and is able to drive the Frog Fangire off. And then it is revealed that, uh, yeah, Otoya swapped the violins and now has the Black Star. Right. Uh, Jiro immediately goes to confront uh, Otoya. And Toya's like, I'm going to steal your knife and threaten you. <laughs> he, he also says, like, oh, well, you're clearly a Fangire. Where, you know, where are you working with us? And Jiro's like, I, I'm not a Fangire, bud. Yeah. And he's not, specifically. He's, he's, he's telling the truth, but uh, he does not attempt to elaborate about the difference. Right. Well, and they're, they're bitter rivals. They can't do that. And Toya is even asking him, like, what do you do? What, what do you want, even? And... Jiro's response is, oh, that Yuri woman seems tasty. Yeah, Boo. I don't know if he... Does he Boo. actually intend to kill her? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so either, but... Look, I mean, killing her is bad, and the end of window is also bad, so either way. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even interpret that as a sexual window. I thought yeah, it was not pretty great. obvious. But, uh... Yeah, you are right, I'm just dumb sometimes. Toya. Ends it with, like, I'm not going to let you lay a hand on Yuri. I'll stake my life on it. 
gives Jiro the knife back and then just walks off and Jiro lets him go. He spins the knife whip around his finger all cool-like so he can hand it back to him without losing dignity. Atoya goes back to the building that Wataru lives in in the future and is like, oh, hey, Mr. Fangire, what's up? Omura sneaks in up from the stairs and he's like, hey, I just, I want to know if you're worthy of owning Black Star. You should play Black Star. You, sh- you should play my violin. And the toy is just like, eh, I don't feel like it. <laughs> there is a time for listening and there's a time for playing. So uh, my violin's actually broken, so, you know, I don't want to play anymore. There's also a bit where he's thinking of just smashing Black Star on the table, but then he's like, uh, it's not the violin's fault. Which yeah. is true. So to get Atoya to play Black Star, uh, Omura agrees to fix Atoya's actual violin, and he does. I'm I didn't know if this violin is Bloody Rose or not. I don't think so. Okay, yeah, I was under the impression that um that Atoya was gonna make Bloody Rose later in his life, but I... that's what it seemed like. Cause like um the Fangire brings up, it's like you know you're gonna make a great violin one day. Right, right, yeah. Uh, the the next scene is actually a little complicated because the past and the present kind of merge across the screen. In, but but uh, the cut is the so good. Memory. It's really the cut effective. is wonderful. Yeah, I really loved it. But it effectually ends up that Omura is so touched by Atoya's playing that it like suppresses his hunger to eat humans and to attack people. And so after hearing Atoya play violin, after he'd fixed Atoya's violin, he's like, no, I, I want you to have Black Star. This is, it, it, you're good enough for it, and I'm never going to attack a human again. Also, on the, on the DL, can I get a cassette tape of your, of your playing? But uh, Atoya refuses the Black Star, and he's like, actually, this, this violin's not looking for me. I'm sorry. It's not for me. It did not choose me. And then that's where Omura's like, someday you're going to make a, you're going to make a famous instrument and you'll be a, tr- in, when, when you become a true violinist. So to, to all, to all the violin players out there, you're not a true violin, you're not a true violinist unless you know how to make violins. Yeah. And you have to make one, to Kiva. you have to make one that can send some, like an evil creature race too. <laughs> yeah. That's like part of the secret violin code. Yep. It's very good. So, uh, Omura leaves after agreeing to not attack people. And then Jiro and Yuri are just being complete assholes to him. Well, I mean, they don't know. I mean, I know they don't know, but... And that we only think they're being assholes because we know. The way it's shot and the way it plays out, though, just makes them really look out to be the bad guys. Yeah, yeah it just looks it... like they're straight up just assaulting and bullying a random guy. <laughs> I mean, they know he's the fang guy, but... You know. It is very much shot like that. But uh, he transforms to try and fight back. Or does he transform? No, he doesn't transform. No, yeah, he doesn't no. transform the sequence. He gets thrown against the wall until Atoya runs up and is like, No! Stop attacking him! He won't yeah. attack people! Yeah, he's and, got like, a fire extinguisher and sprays them with it while yelling, He's not gonna hurt anybody! He's my friend! Yes. And it's great. It's very good. I, yeah, I genuinely like that scene a lot. And so Omura proceeds... To chain Black Star to a cinder block and dump it in the lake. 
I mean, I okay. guess that was like to to like signify his turning over a new leaf because if no one has it, he won't feel compelled to kill anybody who has it. Right. Uh, yeah, that's he, true. He says, "I am reborn" as he yeah. puts it into the water. The uh, black star does very very good for the next twenty two years yeah. underneath the water. I was definitely wondering if black star was also magic because uh, apparently it is not corroded by being in the ocean for twenty yep. years. And, uh, that's the past part of episode 10. Yep. In the future, things happen. Uh, yeah, in the future, Amura is being attacked by Iksha. Oh, yeah, and then, um, Wataru protects the, um, him, and Nago gets all butthurt. It's like, what are you doing? Stop. You have to get out of the way so I can shoot this thing. Yeah, and Nago is dumb enough to still not realize that Wataru is Kiva at this point, because he is a moron in addition to thinking very highly of himself. I mean, like, yeah. this isn't even the first example of him being a moron to figure that out. It only gets worse. Yes. Yeah. But he gets super pissy and starts yelling at Wataru. Uh, and then ends it with, you yeah, fine, never mind. I don't want to ever see your face again. Yeah. He's just like yelling at Wataru, like, tell me why you saved him. And Wataru's just like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Like, you know, if Nago had paid any fucking attention, he would know that Wataru doesn't react to being yelled at well. But, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, Nago is calm and collected until something doesn't go his way, and then he's the worst. Uh-huh. Yeah. More so than already being the worst. I'm glad that one of us doesn't, like, think that Nago is cool or something. Because, like, I hate this guy. He had implications of being kind of cool in the very, very first appearance, and then he opened his mouth. Yeah, then we kind of, like, learned about his character. I was talking to Evan about it the other day, and, like, Nago is the paladin in your D&D group you don't want. Right, He's right. awful stupid. He's the dumb version of that character archetype. Right, and then like, yep. and then like Megumi is like the cleric that the paladin will not let them do anything, <laughs> and Wataru is the warlock who looks like all edgy and evil, but is really just a cinnamon roll. <laughs> Pretty much, like uh, Nago even has the ridiculous backstory of, well, the reason that I need to do all of these dumb things is because my dad made a clerical error once. Yeah, he's he's a vengeance evil. paladin, like hundred percent. Definitely. And when everyone's like, that doesn't make any sense, he's like, of course it does. You're just stupid. Yeah, and you're just not as smart as me. You, you're you not smart enough to get it. It's not my fault you're not smart enough to get my cool, dark backstory. <laughs> so a lot of the future of this episode, future segments in this episode are taken up of scenes of Wataru and the the frog fang guy are just working on violins together yeah and chatting and wataru learning the history of the frog fang guy is like oh so why don't you attack people anymore well you know for the test i haven't attacked buddy for 22 years because 22 years ago i made a promise to a specific man to never do it anymore spoilers yes. it was your father Right. But yeah, I mean, it's, even it brings it up later. It's like, yeah, no, I made a promise to your father. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, no, it's just them talking for most of the time. Yeah. It's really good. It's like, it's good Wataru development that we needed. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I feel like 
Amora is is like the person who finally just said the right things to Wataru to get him to understand. Yeah. Right. And Omura's, yeah. you know, explaining his wants. He's like, yeah, no, I was... I, I made a violin, and then I was killing humans that bought my violin that were just collectors that just wanted a rare violin and weren't actually good players. And then I met your dad. <laughs> right. Uh, like the the vampire... The guy with the butlers from a few episodes ago, like, he was kind of the most interesting fanguyer for... Until we got to this point. And, like... Yeah. Atoya is... No, um... Omura. Omura. Yeah, Omura's, like... I, I feel like this is genuinely, a like, a great character to bring in. Like He is. I feel like there, there haven't really been any, like, really compelling secondary characters in the show so far and i really like omura i was genuinely we get like like two within these four episodes right right i was genuinely like rooting for things to turn out well for him and then they end tragically yeah so so like spoilers for the future like you like rock guy too right chris rock guy is amazing okay good he is so great He's bad. He's very. I don't know what the fuck was wrong with those other fan people that late leave him at the beginning of episode eleven. They are clearly killjoys. Okay, good. I just wanted to make sure we were all on the same page. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, Omura tells Wataru, "Is like, yeah, I made the promise to your dad. That was twenty-two years ago. Here, listen to your dad play violin." And even Wataru is like, "Oh my god." It's so soft and warm. It's beautiful. So, uh, correcting something we were saying earlier, uh, Amora says that I heard Bloody Rose played in this place. And the re- and when oh, Wataru maybe... listens to the music, he clearly is like, oh, that's Bloody Rose on this recording. Oh, okay. So oh. either Amora met back up with, uh, with Wataru's dad uh, later in his life, or that the the scene in this episode where he's playing that is Bloody Rose one of the two maybe I don't know the next Wataru goes and speaks with Nago and tries to like have this conversation of it doesn't go well hey Nago do you ever do you ever think that do you ever think that maybe not all fangires are evil. Hey, do you ever think that maybe ethics is not exclusively black and white, right and wrong? Uh, and Nago's like, no, that's something an evil person would say. What is wrong with you? You're so dumb. <sighs> I'm right. I'm always right. You don't know anything. How dare you defy me? This outburst that Nago has, I look at him and I'm like going, are you 12? <laughs> Are you a child? I was definitely... He's having a... He's throwing a tantrum like a child. Yeah. Right. Yeah, he says, uh, what do you know? Evil is evil. Shut up. Don't you dare defy me. And and Wataru's like, um, maybe judging everything that way isn't good? Yeah. Nago is calm and collected until, no, until a tiny thing does not go his way. Then we got to Omura, who is walking by some construction and it's driving him nuts. And I, I didn't know if they were intending to convey that in the 20 years that he's been living in Japan or whatever, noise pollution has just got a lot worse, and that's why he's having more problems now. I Maybe. can see that. <laughs> like, why didn't he just, like, find, like, an island or something to live on? Yeah, uh, so why didn't he yeah good out? question. 
Maybe he needed to live somewhere where he could get batteries regularly. Yeah, he drops his Walkman and is like curled up on the ground, covering his ears. And then Nago shows up and is just an asshole and is like, it's a fanger that likes music. I'm going to crush his headphones because I'm an asshole. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it cuts back to Wataru, and he's having a conversation with Kavat. Kavat was, like, pretty suspicious of Omura earlier in the episode, but he's like, oh, I, I guess that guy's just a weird kind of fangire. Yeah, I mean, like, is a weird kind of fangire. <laughs> it, definitely true. Yeah. But, uh, the, the Bloody Rose alarm starts going off. And Wataru's like, I can't hear you, la 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 right. la la. Yeah, because, I mean, he's like, shit, that probably means something's going on with Omura, and I don't want to believe that, but, yeah, he's gotta go. Yeah. So he runs off eventually and runs to where Omura is now attacking the workers of the construction site. And Wataru transforms into Kiva and proceeds to try and get uh, Omura to basically come to his senses. Yeah. And it's not working. And it doesn't work. Yeah. And then Kiva just kind of gets pissed off. He's like, I'll go fight him myself. Uh, this is also the scene where uh, when Omura's running around, we see his costume's butt pads a lot. He he has like little little stained glass pink butt pads on his costume. I mean, yeah, a little this bit. is a fun little touch. It's so he can sit on his uh, lily pads. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Duh. Wataru <laughs> does his rider kick. He he like does the writer kick to change the area they are in, which is right, really interesting. Yeah. Well, th- when he does the writer kick spell, in addition to it becoming night, it also like makes everything silent. Yeah, so, and it, it's it it is cut to make it look like he's gonna hit the frog fangire, but he doesn't. That's actually like a really cool idea. I wonder what like a pacifist esque writer would look like. That would be neat. I, there's a. I can't remember the exact series, but there is an Ultraman series where the Ultraman is like, I want to say he's like a wildlife person and like, he kind of like captures all the monsters instead of killing them or not like captures them, but like puts them on like an island to like live and stuff. I'm relatively certain this is Ultraman Cosmos in case anyone is curious. Mm-hmm. And like, I'd watch a writer show where that's the oh, premise. Like the That'd Monster Island and the old Toho Kaiju movies? Yeah, yeah, kind of like that. But uh, after hitting the ground, it seems to like snap Omura back into his senses, and he runs off to yeah. go to the river where he dropped Black Star. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, then, and then, I don't know what he's going to do. And then Nago's there to kill him. Yeah, and then Nago yep. shows up, transforms into Iksha, and does an admittedly pretty cool sword slash thing. I like I like Iksha's sword. Yeah, I- Iksha Caliber Rise. It's a pretty yeah. cool move. Yeah, I, I like the implication that it creates a sun behind him to blind the enemy. Yeah, that's like that's the burst mode thing where like the visor opens up. Mm-hmm. And then the Iksha Caliber is super cool because like in its default form, like the one like long part is down and it's like a gun clip and then he hits Yeah, it's it an up. extended it's an extended handgun magazine. Yeah, but then he hits it up and that forms like the base of the sword that extends to the full blade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it's a pretty cool it's a cool toy. I would I think it's a good design. Uh so he does his slash and this causes 
instead of using whistles, he also puts USB sticks in no, his it's, weapon. It's still a fusel. Is it? Yeah. Oh. I thought it was a. I thought it was a USB. It stick. is. It was very oh. obvious to me that it's like, oh yeah, no, we totally base these entirely off of Kiva. Yeah, it, it's just like a technological made fusel instead of like a mythological one. Okay, fair enough. Um, he does a slash on Omura and then just walks off. Right. He is so bad. He didn't even kill him outright. Yeah, this is super grim because like it doesn't shatter the the fangire immediately like it does when kiva does the kick he's got like the like a the stained glass effect like turns liquid and is like flowing around his body as he's like stumbling around fatally wounded it looks like like reflections of light in a pool on his body it's a pretty solid effect for 2008 yeah yeah, yeah. considering like it's fairly low budget 2008 cg it, it looks like oh man this yeah. looks pretty rough on this guy so Wataru shows up and is like, oh no, you can't die. I have so much to learn from you. And Omura's... <laughs> I finally met someone who is actually, like, nice to me. And Omura's like, no, it's okay. You'll be fine. Your f- your great father is within you. Uh, this is my fault. It's because I didn't keep my promise to him. Yeah. I'm like, oh, oh, my poor Omura. Oh, and I feel so bad for him. And he just kind of staggers into the river and kneels and shatters yep he goes to be with his violin yeah and what i what i find interesting is that the death caused by iksha doesn't cause the soul to come out oh yeah that's true um so like it does and when uh i mean why this episode when jiro uses it? it in the past it does but this time it doesn't yeah so it makes me think that nago's even worse because <laughs> he's like Completely errat- destroying the soul of Fankire too. Well, yeah, he's like, he's like, uh, give God back the soul you stole. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, I was really hoping that the fact that we see like the shards of of Omura's like Fangire soul form like fall down around the the black the black star that's still under the water. Like, I really want him to come back later. I hope he does, but I wouldn't bet on it. I would like that, but probably not. If if this were like if this were a comic book, I feel like this is super easy seating for a way to bring this character back off back later. Definitely, but, yeah, definitely. So clearly, in like the the twenty year anniversary movie, they'll totally bring him back. That'd be good. I hope so. And I apologize that we are running a little short this week, but. To make sure that you have no interruption of service next week while the editor is out of town at a wedding. I'm just cutting this one in two, so I apologize, but if you would like more of this, the show can be found at journeythroughthedeckacast.com. The network, Riceball, can be found on Twitter at riceball underscore fm. And should you require any of us, next week's episode will have our hosts giving their Twitter information out, but that should be on the site by the time you hear this because there is a minor revamp incoming. Thank you. And have a lovely time. Remember, we've just been a passing through podcast.